Welcome to the Footstool Podcast, where we seek to glorify God by teaching His Word and preaching His kingdom to the nations. Here's your host, Kylie Waldrop. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Hey, listen, um, we're thankful that you stopped by with us to the Footstool Podcast today. Um, And listen, I know that it has been... um, quite some time since our last podcast episode, but that is um, life. Life gets busy, and we're thankful that we're able to to, uh, bring this back up and continue to do this. Um, If you've been with our podcast um, since its beginning, then you know that we started by um, talking about um, um, eschatological views, and we talked about my personal eschatological view of, of victory, that, that the Messiah would actually have victory um, in history. And so if, you, if you're if you new to the podcast, um, these are, uh, are available um, on the podcast. So after this, I would, I would challenge you to go and, and to give those a listen. But um, today I wanted to, to kind of transition, um, not fully transition to something completely different, but I wanted to look at um, the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of God, this is something that we see um, throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament, but we really see it in the New Testament um, through the teaching of Jesus um, and the teaching of his apostles is that um, the teaching of his kingdom, this Messiah's kingdom. And so I wanted to take a look at that um, for the next couple of weeks as we, uh, as we look through um, what the Bible teaches about this kingdom. Because here's the deal. Whatever the Bible teaches about the kingdom of God, well, as his people, people of that kingdom, we should believe that and we should work towards the end goal of that. So just up front, if God says, for example, that his kingdom would encompass the world, would one day encompass the world, that one day the nations would stream up to the mountain of God, um, that one day the knowledge of the Lord will go forth to the world and it will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. If that's a promise of Scripture, then as God's people, as as um, members of that kingdom, we should be working towards that end goal, right? That should be our end goal. Um, but if the Bible teaches, uh, for example, that uh, His kingdom would kind of be really small and um, it would grow, but not not incrementally, it would never fill the whole earth, and actually that um, we would ultimately be defeated in history. Um, and then Christ would have to come and, and rescue us. Then again, the, the, the way that we live that worldview out and the way that we believe about God's kingdom will have um, implications on the way that we live our lives, on the way that we present the gospel, on the way that we work towards growing the kingdom of God. And so I think this is an important study to do. And so today I wanted to look um, at... The, the, the promise that God gives of a kingdom. So we're going to look in the Old Testament today, um, and we won't keep you very long uh, today, but if you have your Bible, um, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. Now just a little bit of background. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 8, the people of Israel have been chosen by God, and at this time Israel does not have a human king. Israel has God, has Yahweh as their king. And let me just preface this. Um, you know, um, having Yahweh as king, 
was a much better deal than what they ended up getting. But here's what 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 the people of Israel ultimately ask um, uh, Samuel, who is their prophet, right? The prophet before for the people that would go and intercede on behalf of the people of Israel to God. They, they basically come to Samuel when he's old, and they say, Hey, Samuel, you're getting old, and your sons are, um, you know, they're not walking in the ways that you walk. Um, so we want a king like the rest of the nations around us. We want a human king. Um, and Samuel is pretty... Um, uh, he, he's Well, he's really skeptical about this whole ordeal. So... Um, he actually goes to the Lord to to inquire of the Lord about this. I'm going to start reading, actually, in verse 6 of 1 Samuel chapter 8. Okay? Um, but this thing displeased Samuel. Again, this is the, the, the people of Israel asking for a human king. This displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done from that from the day that I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Let me just pause here. This is a, a theme that we'll see throughout Scripture. This is a theme that we see today. God's people continually do this. We continually seek after and 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 and, and serve other gods, right? Idolatry is something that is rampant, not just in um, the unbelieving world, but it is rampant in the Christian world. This is something that we continually have to fight against, the sin of idolatry. And so God basically tells Samuel, listen, they're not going against you, they're going against me, so give them what they want. And then verse 9 says, now then, obey their voice, only you shall solemnly warn them. And show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So here's what God ultimately tells Samuel. Give them what they want, but tell them what's going to happen. Tell them what's going to happen when they uh, bring a human king to rule over them. And so verse 10, Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. And he said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground, to reap his harvest, and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. Let me just pause right there. One of the judgments that God gives ultimately to the people of Israel, and he says this is what's going to happen when you bring a king in, is really uh, tax, taxing, taxation here. He says that one of the um, one of the consequences of bringing in a human king was, was going to be taxes. Not only that, but their sons would be used for war, that all of their land would be taken. And these are things that ultimately did happen, right? He says, he's going to take a tenth of your flocks, verse 17, and, and you shall be his slaves. And in that day, you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. Okay, so ultimately, here's what the people of Israel do. They, they come to Samuel and they say, hey, we want a human king like the nations around us. Now, what were the people of Israel supposed to be? They were supposed to be set apart from the nations around them. And here you have them asking to be just like the nations around them. They tell Samuel, we want a king like the nations around us to rule over us. And God says to Samuel, let them have them. 
They're not forsaking you, they're forsaking me. But here's ultimately the beauty of what we find here, right? This is, uh, in this passage, we have the people of God, again, forsaking him, wanting something that he did not desire, and that they would not want. And God says, let them have it. They're going to find out how it's going to be. But here's the beauty in this, uh, in this whole story, is that though God says, yes, you can have a king, and here are going to be the consequences of that king, even in that, God promises that one day he will come as king, that God himself will come as king. And I want you to see this, okay? I want you to see the, the promise that God gives um, to David, okay? Now, who, the first king of, of the people of Israel was Saul, right? We know Saul was imperfect, and also David was imperfect, who uh, came after Saul. But as David is king in 2 Samuel 7, God himself promises David something. And I want you to see this promise, okay? I want you to think about the promise that God gives to David concerning a king and a kingdom here. Okay? This is God talking to, um, uh, to uh, the prophet, telling him what uh, he will uh, say. The prophet Nathan. Okay? Verse 8 of 2 Samuel 7. Now therefore thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and I've cut off all of your enemies from before you, and I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more, as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest, from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body, and listen to this, and I will establish his kingdom. I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom. Listen to this. For Ever. Here's the deal, guys. David sat on a throne in Israel. He was the king. But David's king kingship could not last forever. Why? Because David was a human being. Okay? David was a human being, which means what? David died. Saul, the same way. Saul's kingship didn't last forever. So when, when Yahweh says to David that he will establish the throne of his kingdom forever, well, we need to pick, pick something up. That means that this king cannot be a human. It can't be a human. Because if his throne is established forever, that means he must be established forever. He must be eternal. So here we have a small, uh, small sample of what is coming, that God himself is coming as king. But listen to what, he, what, he, what Yahweh says. Verse 14, I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. Who's this starting to sound like? When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him as I took it from Saul and from whom I put away before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. 
in accordance with all these words and in accordance with all the vision Nathan spoke to David. Listen, here's the promise that God gives to David. He said, I'm going to raise somebody up after you and I will establish his kingdom forever. Right? I will make you a house, David, and people will remember you. And the promise was that from David's line would come the Messiah. The, the Messiah would come from the stump of Jesse. There's a psalm that, that talks about there's a shoot coming from the stump of Jesse. Jesse was David's father, right? So a shoot from the stump of Jesse. This was the line that the promised king was coming. But notice the promises here, okay? That this kingdom would be established forever and that it would never be destroyed, okay? It would be a kingdom that would be established forever and it would never be destroyed. Have you ever heard that elsewhere? If you answer yes, then you're correct, right? That message that this Messiah's kingdom would last forever and that it would never be destroyed is all throughout the Old Testament. And we're going to get there as we continue through this. But what I wanted to get today is I wanted to get a base level understanding of the promise that God gives to David. And I wanted to get the background story of the people of Israel in their disobedience asking for a king. God saying to Samuel, let them have it. They're going to see how imperfect a human king is. But even in that, God promises through that disobedience, he would come, God would come as king. And his kingdom would be established and it would never pass away and it would never be destroyed. Now here's the deal for us today. That promise to David has just as much impact on us as it did for David. But here's the difference. Here's the difference. David was looking forward to that king and kingdom. David was looking forward to it. We today, we can look back and see the fulfillment of that promise. The Messiah did indeed come. He did indeed establish a kingdom. And it was indeed a kingdom that will last forever and will never be destroyed. That for us, guys, that for us is our comfort and our peace. Not in the United States of America. The Bible says that kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. But Christ's kingdom will last forever and it will never be destroyed. Um, we're thankful for the time that you've spent um, listening to this and we hope guys that this is an encouragement to you and we hope this is just a, a supplemental um, opportunity for you um, I don't want this to be um, your personal Bible study but I want it to be something that we can um, uh, have together we can learn about the promises of God and we can really allow them to take root in our hearts so today let's preach that kingdom of that Messiah our King Jesus in him we have authority to preach to all the nations. The coastlands await his law.